and welcome into another podcast episode for Codings Pro Magazine. I'm Stephanie Chizik and I'm Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro. Today we have with us Anthony Craig, VP of Operations at Construct Secure. His header on LinkedIn says, safety never takes a holiday. And I just wanted to share that because I think it's so great. So I'm looking forward to talking with him a bit more about safety in 2021 and beyond. So thanks so much for joining us today, Anthony. Thank you. Why don't you start by kind of giving our listeners a, a bit of your background? Sure. Uh, I actually do have a pretty unique background. I have a mix of health and safety, quality, uh, technology as well. So I currently I have a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering and a master's in occupational safety and health engineering. I'm a certified safety professional with about 10 years practicing as uh, in the field safety. Uh, I started my career in industrial coatings, and at one time I was a NACE coatings inspector level two until I left the industry to primarily focus on health and safety. I've worked at some fairly high profile mega developments in New York City, spent years working in heavy civil marine construction before I moved on to my current role. Perfect. That's actually a great segue to kind of give us a, a overview of what you're doing now. I'm currently the vice president of operations at Construct Secure. Uh, we're a SaaS-based platform. We develop applications for const- uh, contractor risk management, pre-qualification, inspections, incident tracking, just a general fleet of online web-based applications targeted at the construction industry. So when you say SaaS-based, is that does that mean kind of uh, web-based? Yeah, so software as a service, mm. pretty much most of the type of systems that you pay by the user and have a cloud-based application, mobile apps, it's typically referred to as a SaaS platform. Okay, that's great. That's a new term for me. And probably very useful right now. I mean, the elephant in the room still, the elephant will not go away, is uh, COVID. And I feel like, you know, because we've all had to sort of work remote and those kinds of changes that we've been making, I bet SaaS-based platforms are really great right now. Are, are you seeing a growth or any changes in the industry pertaining to that? For sure, everybody has needed to move a lot of their operations online. So whether it's utilizing meeting platforms, finding new ways to integrate with your own teams, like through Slack and Microsoft Teams and other Skype platforms, it's really been great overall for the technology industry and especially in the health and safety sector. You know, we as an industry never stopped. We're still pushing forward safety, and COVID do go hand in hand, and many of the people in this industry have needed to focus their new efforts towards maintaining regulations and keeping their people safe, and tools like inspection platforms have been vital to maintaining all of that. And just to clarify, when you say inspection platforms, are you talking about like a coding inspector, or are you talking about different types of inspections? In terms of you know safety inspections, compliance inspections, when we talk about a COVID type inspection, do you have hand sanitizer? Do you have signage up? Just your general job site type observations and inspections. Okay, great. And and obviously, you know, there's a lot that has to be inspected pertaining to safety on the job sites, which are still you know having to go on right now. Luckily, they are still able to be going on right now. Um, Are you seeing any sort of information that you could give to the contractors and business owners pertaining to COVID? And then hopefully we can move on from the COVID topic. But it certainly is affecting the industry, I would think. Yeah, COVID 
is definitely something that we're all never going to forget. Um, It's honestly, the whole world is tired of COVID. Safety professionals are tired of it. We're constantly worrying about our families and keeping up with changes. But just like with anything else, complacency is a killer and we all just need to be diligent and making sure we are following the rules. It's going to continue. It's going to be a little bit more, unfortunately, and we also need to keep pushing through, maintaining our social distancing, doing our best to enforce masks and anything else we can do just just try to stop the spread and keep our companies moving. Yeah, I think uh I think the uh, fatigue is is certainly upon all of us, and hopefully we can just continue to do what we need to do. Um, yes, absolutely. One of the other things that you know we're recording this during the week of the uh, United States inauguration of the the new president. How is that affecting the industry, or or any other sort of things going on in the in the I guess construction industry, safety industry that our listeners should know about? Yeah, overall, the biggest change, as you said, for the entire country right now is the transition from a Republican Trump administration into Democratic Biden administration. And history shows that in Democratic administrations, OSHA does have more power. Uh, They do more enforcement. The fines typically are higher. Uh, Even earlier today, the media was reporting that Biden is expected to sign in an executive order that requires the Department of Labor to update recommendations and for OSHA to consider a temporary emergency standard to address the pandemic. So companies may actually be mandated by the federal government to wear masks and do social distancing, place sanitizing stations and communication plans all under the threat of having penalties if you don't. So with democratic administrations, it's always been seen that OSHA does have more power and they're a lot less willing to work with companies that have repeat or those types of willful violations. They've talked about having more enforcement officers and generally with a democratic administration, it's a lot more pro worker, pro union type policies, which in some situations will play against business owners in the event that they do have an OSHA inspection. That's just so fascinating to me. I mean, I don't necessarily mean to put you on the spot, but do you have any idea why it's it's such a different sort of trend when it comes to Republican versus Democrat? Many times, uh, at least in my opinion, the Republicans look at corporations as, you know, the leading entity. That's why there's a lot of deregulation. We saw a lot during Trump with the pulling back of the EPA. We did see pulling back of OSHA. If you speak with people that have had OSHA inspections in the last few years, it does feel that OSHA does have their hands tied in different ways, trying to work more with the employ- with the employer rather than find them. There, There's arguments on both sides of which one is better, but mm-hmm. typically Democratic are more pro-union. Union actually typically has higher health and safety standards for protecting the workers. So having higher enforcement on behalf of the government typically goes hand in hand with those types of policies. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And you're right. It's definitely something that we've sort of observed over the past four years. So um, I'm sure there's benefits and drawbacks to both sorts of schools of thought when it comes to the use of OSHA and safety regulations, that sort of thing. So thanks for kind of giving me the overview. Um, 
You've obviously been in the industry, not only just the safety side of the house, but is uh, also specific to coatings, as you mentioned at the beginning of our chat, uh, for a while now. It, have you seen any trends that have been, you know, uh, developing over the past few years and, and seeing any sort of trends that might be happening in the future for safety and construction? Construction safety has always been interesting. You have your ups and downs. It does follow the way that the economy is going. If you have more construction, you have more funding for federal projects, you unfortunately do see an uptick in incidents just due to the sheer volume of work. So the, they're constantly changing, but a new emerging safety topic that's been coming out is regarding what a lot of people are deeming SIF, which is severe injury or fatality, which focuses around not just looking at what happened in the incident, but what could have happened. So there's been studies that have been done that focus on big companies and all of their incidents, while they might have a lowering recordable rate, their potential to have serious accidents or fatalities has always maintained the same. So you're seeing some of these bigger construction companies start to focus on not the outcome. Don't focus on the recordables and the lost times, but focus on how bad it could have been. You might have had a rigging failure that three guys were standing around and nobody got hurt, but that could have severely killed somebody or injured somebody. It could have killed the whole crew. Those types of numbers have not been going down. So the whole concept and the theory behind safety and safety management have began to take a bit of a turn uh, in a lot of these bigger thought groups. I, I think what you're saying is that a near miss is not a win. That if someone... Reporting... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Reporting near misses is a great way to drive a safety culture what the next step of the near miss is you need to investigate it and you need to investigate it just as much as you would have if it was actually a serious incident or recordable but many companies are focusing in on the potential of the incident so you can have someone trip and roll their ankle and end up in surgery and get a lost time incident while that's serious and can affect that person for a long time the chances of them being killed is lower than the situation where the rigging failed with the crane. So companies are starting to have a different outlook. And instead of looking at what actually happened, you know, whether it was a recordable or a lost time, but instead look at how bad it could have been. So that comes in play for a near miss where thankfully nothing did happen all the way through to your more serious incidents, uh, regardless of the outcome. Hmm. And do you think that that by tracking the, that a little bit more closely, we'll be able to avoid having those, um, you know, even minor but major incidents in the future? So from my direct experience, I focused one of the companies towards that outlook. The company was focused originally on doing investigations on every recordable. That was the standard so whether you had a cut on your finger that you just had to get a stitch all the way through some more serious incidents the same type of investigation happened and if you've ever been in the field ever been an inspector or an investigator it's a lot of work for a guy who cut his finger and 
it's kind of black and white what happened. But meanwhile, the major incidents, the near misses that could have been so severe, people are like, ah, let's not report this because I don't want to go through the whole investigation. So flipping the philosophy to let's not look at the outcome. Let's look at what could have happened. And maybe that guy who got the stitch, he wasn't wearing gloves. There was using a hand tool, really no chance to life alter, you know, any type of injury that no amputation, things like that. Let's do our primary stuff, do our reporting, have a stand down, have a discussion and look at changing policies. But let's not stop the company and the operations and make a huge deal. But when a situation comes up that we want to make noise, just make sure you're making noise in the right areas. And that's where this concept of how bad it could have been really comes into play. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like it, it really could make a huge impact. So yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Do you, any other sort of, um, I guess, uh, trends for the future or, um, tips that you'd want to share with our, our listeners? When it comes to safety, everything in the world is changing around technology and this isn't a plug just because i do happen to work for a tech company but one of the biggest changes that the overall industry is starting to see is the emergence of new types of technology whether it's a wearable or incident tracking tools and you know tracking for sips and items like that it's so much cheaper now to start implementing these technologies that it's you're starting to see it more and more. I remember a few years ago when I attended one of the codings conferences, there was a company using a virtual reality setup to train craft workers on proper spray techniques. So VR is becoming a huge thing in the training world. So you're starting to see some of these companies that are providing mobile elevated work platforms utilizing VR headsets with hydraulically controlled man baskets that allow you to train an employee inside of a conference room on how to properly use aerial lifts. And it does fall inside of the ANSI requirements. It is a great training tool. And in the world that we're in, sometimes an employee is so desperate for a job, they'll say, I'm not afraid of heights. And then you put them in a basket and you have a situation where you have a guy who is deathly afraid of heights and he's a hundred feet off the ground and you're in a really tough situation. With these types of platforms, you can safely train your employees from the ground and really monitor them without any putting anybody in harm's way. I mean, overall, the technology that's been coming out in the industry, uh, I'm, I'm always tracking it because I am just always so interested at some of these advancements that people have made. Safety is really becoming the forefront of many companies and businesses are looking at opportunities as safety tech is a very valuable market right now. Yep. And I think you're, you've just hit, you know, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the opportunities that are probably developing out there. Um, and I personally can speak to both of those different VR, uh, examples that you gave. So I went to the IUPAT headquarters here maybe last year or the year before, I guess, maybe now, and got to do the scissor lift VR. And then I, um, the Coding Spro actually used to have a, a spray foam booth, or I'm sorry, not spray foam, a, um, a spray booth where we could do the VR through that. So it's, it, it is, it's fascinating. And I could see that being a huge, a huge help when it comes to a safer way of training. So yeah, very interesting. Anything else before I have a quick rapid fire 
questions for you that I think uh, I'd like to kick off of, unless you've got anything else you wanted to mention before we kind of wrap things up. No, hit me with them. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Uh, you don't have to take too much thought with these, but if you if you want to expand, please feel free to. Uh, so just trying out a new kind of uh, segment, so to speak, uh, of our podcast. So uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I have so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you my, can't my, pick just my, one. <laughs> my, my biggest pet peeve is not having processes. And the secondary to that is not having pro having processes that don't get followed. I I don't know which one is worse, but especially in safety, it it is so crucial to have those processes in place and just for efficiency and overall well-being of your employees and everything, everything falls into a process and it, uh, I don't know which one's worse, not having it or not following it, but one of the two. That's great. Okay. Who do you consider to be your uh, hero or mentor? Hmm. I don't have an answer for that one. Let's skip that one. Okay. How about uh, what place would you most like to get stuck for a week right now? Ooh, that's a good one. I would actually like to get stuck somewhere in like Vermont where there's just a whole bunch of nothing and snow and I can go and snowboard and, you know, have a fire and just get away from the city world. I live in a, a small city outside of Manhattan and so many people and just, I want to be able to get away and, get a little bit back of normalcy from before this whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. A little balance maybe. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Yes. Okay. Last one. What is your favorite uh, TV show or movie or book, podcast, sport, whatever, you know, entertainment that you're consuming right now? I've recently got into a lot of audibles. I was never a big reader, but I have started doing those a lot more uh, primarily around business and other random nonfiction type things. I'm admittedly a pretty big nerd when it comes to uh, a lot of stuff, tech and just engineering fun things. So uh, one thing I didn't have exposure to much in my undergrad was a lot of business techniques and, you know, psychology and how to work with people. So I've really been getting into a lot of audibles because I can use them on my drive to work. And if I get stuck in New York City traffic, it's not just listening to the same repeated radio station over and over. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And that's actually perfect for your, your role. Obviously, you know, you're into the technology role. So it makes complete sense to me that you like those as well. Awesome. All right, sweet. Well, maybe we'll have to have you back on, Anthony, so you can answer that other question about your mentor or hero, uh, because I'm sure listeners will be dying to know. So... Uh, <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. If people want to follow up with you with any questions or comments, uh, how can they do that? The best way is to get me on LinkedIn. Another part of my millennial tech side is I love using LinkedIn and I'm not a big social media person, but I'm always there. You can message me and connect with me and I'll answer any questions that I can. Okay, perfect. Thanks. We'll make sure to link uh, your your profile on LinkedIn in the show notes so that people can find you. And thanks again for joining us. Looking forward to seeing how everything progresses. I like. I just want to call out that one comment that you had said that complacency is a killer. I think that's. I think it's really crucial right now. So, thanks again. This again. This was uh, Anthony Craig, VP of Operations at Construct Secure. I'm Stephanie Chizik, editor in chief of Codings Pro Magazine. Uh, have a safe and happy day, and as always, happy coding. Calling all Codings contractors. We have a great resource for you. 
Coatings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coating needs. And the best part? It's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit CoatingsProMag.com slash subscribe. Coatings Pro. Know what the pros know.